Start your day the right way by taking charge of your physical and mental fitness. It's important to know your numbers. They determine if your blood pressure is high or low, your cholesterol balance, even your blood sugar level, heart rate, and much more. Get tested by visiting your doctor, clinic, or stop by at any health center closest to you. Take control today. This message is from Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. This is Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. Wow, this is an opportunity that doesn't come often, but it's so important to really capture what we did before and roll it on to the next program. So this is the part two of taking care of the younger ones. And we're talking about Gen Z. We're talking about the alpha generation. So thank you once again, Dr. Maimuna and Dr. Talabi for staying on and, you know, ensuring we you know, pull together and record this program because it is just so important to carry on from where we were. We had just barely scratched the surface of the issues that our younger ones are having. And I know parents out there are listening avidly. So can we just take it up from there? I know we were talking, Dr. Maimuna, about the, you know, about the, um, the, the myriad, shall we say, of, um, you know, issues, particularly mental health issues that are afflicting our younger ones. But Dr. Talabi, do you have anything to, to add to that, to say, you know, how it interacts and how the parents interact and how we can, you know, work on and deal with this whole situation of neglect and so on? Uh, I, I believe there's good, there needs to be intervention, an intervention by the parents. And also, we should not forget that the OMS had also said that at a certain age, between the ages of 14 to actually 20, that if the if the child is quote-unquote, well, because we'll see a doctor twice a year. If the child had uh, what's them, a comorbidity, you should see a doctor at least three times a year. So knowing that as a fact is not something that is just that the parents need to ensure that it's done, right? The reason why you're going to see the doctor is not because you're ill. The reason why we're going to see the doctor is because we need a doc- doctor to speak with you and see how things are going and whether you're going to the right growth process or not, be it's mentally or be sorry be psychological be socially or be biological so that is very key for the parents that they should ensure that their sons or their daughters but the issue is that people don't know that when the child children get older they think oh we've done all that and they let them go (laughs) so it's not it it doesn't work that way so imagine between the ages of 14 to 20 you are six years that's six years in, in, in difference. That means you've seen the doctor six times, two, 12 times, right? And this doctor should evaluate you from a psychosocial point of view and also a biological point of view. It's normal processes that should happen. Um, interventions also in the house, the interventions in the house where you give the kids a little bit of respect and don't be judgmental when you speak to them. Because we tend to want to say we know everything. But the truth is that the world is moving at a very fast pace. And you as a parent, you're also not moving at the same pace as the world is moving. You have so many things on your mind that you're not thinking of how the world is moving. But the kids are already in tangent with the world. They know how it's moving. And so sometimes just speaking to them as friends rather than as parents does work, does help them. Very interesting was what Dr. Bukaria said about the, the medications. I wonder what happened to the medications cabinets that we used to have in those days 
where you would keep your medications in the cabinet and have it like have them under lock and key. In Nigeria, it's very hard for a parent to have their medications under lock and key. You'll find that medications all over the all over the sitting room, in the bedroom, in the office, or somewhere else. Right? It's high time we get back to medication cabinets. Keep those medications safe because the truth is that if the kids can't buy it from outside, they'll get it from inside. Right, so rather than come and take a minute pin and have your blood pressure go down with a normal blood pressure, it's best that mommy and daddy keep their medication safe. Right, accountability is very, very important. You know, the, the kids need to be accountable, so do, so do the parents. Right? Also, the parents have to keep their words to their kids. Sometimes you find parents telling kids so many things, and it's true at the end of it, they just don't keep their words. Kids at this time of at this at this age expect you to keep your words. So if you're saying you're going to do A, please do A. If you know you can't do it, don't say you're going to do it. There's no point saying it, right? You have to be careful how you interact with them. Very important, don't be judgmental. Don't judge them and don't compare them. Let's always remember that each person is an individual. So do not compare them to their own um, siblings. Neither do you compare them to their cousins or compare them to their neighbors. Always remember they are individuals before everything. So you treat them as such. You treat the child as such. Some kids like you sp- speaking to them in a certain tone of voice. Some kids don't like you speaking to them in another tone of voice. You need to understand your kids, those that have more than one. Because another thing is that we feel that all, all things fit all. Remember those years when we used to just give our, our shirts back to our brothers and sisters, you know, they just used to, our parents just to give them you know, you've won this one, they keep it for your younger brother and like that. It's very hard for you to tell a child now that you're, you're, you're giving me his senior brother's shares. Like, what are you talking about? I don't like it. I don't want it. And, but in my mm-hmm. days, we used to do it like that. It doesn't work that way. Your days were your days. Things have changed. Things are, are, are much clearer. As Dr. Mamuna said, we are globalized. So they're speaking to somebody outside the country, seeing what they are wearing they're on the internet, Talking to you about Air Jordans, talking to you about Air Max, talking to you about things that you didn't even speak about. We're thinking with your butter shoes of those years and your, your butter. <laughs> and you like your butter shoes without a problem. Right now, your kids are speaking to you, oh, I want Air Max, I want Air Jordans, I want Air Drag. What's all this about? But you have to understand that things are changing. Dr. Maimuna, I'll leave you for other interventions in terms of the communities because in yeah. Cuba, sorry I go back to Cuba because I take so, so many, so many experience from there. That's where. I did everything. So we had community centers where a certain time was for kids alone between those ages. We spoke to them on high blood pressure, on diabetes, on asthma. We spoke to them about sexually transmitted diseases. We spoke to them about alcohol intake. We spoke to them about drug addiction. We spoke to them. So promotion of health was very, very key in that age. That age range, 14 to 20, it was, it was, it had to be a norm. Right, there was no point. Oh, very, very important was contraception. We had to speak to them about contraception, right? And the reason why their bodies were not yet in the same space to having kids, and that's why contraception was important. Because when we knew, whether we liked it or not, these kids were going to do their things in a, in, in a room. So we needed to speak to them about it. We needed to speak to them about STDs and how prevalent it was and things like that. So. There has to be a conversation. We need to speak to our kids. And most, more than any other thing, we need to speak to the parents. Because the parents need to understand that they need to have good conversation with their kids. Not command them, but speak with them. Mm. Oh, I think that's, 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 that's powerful. 
that's powerful. But I'm, I must say, you are talking directly to the parents now. I think most people who listen to this, um, this our, our station, our Gen, Gen Zs. And we also have uh, a few millennials also joining us on this call. So you are speaking to the parents and I, and I think they're hearing you because I think all of us, are, you know, are really can see all of these things going on. But in Nigeria, there is no adolescent care, as you mentioned, Dr. Maimuna. So what do we do? There's no, I didn't get that. There's no. There's no adolescent care. Adolescent yes. care, not like exactly. as you mentioned yeah. in, in Cuba, there's no adolescent yeah. care. So what do we do? An adolescent friendly centers and it's a missing link. It's a missing link because um, even us as parents, we try to like, I'm taking to the patient. No, I'm no longer a baby. And then you are going to the family hospital and you're like, I'm not an adult. Adolescent friendly centers, what it, it, it primarily comp comprises is that they look at the adolescent, the need assessment. What do adolescents really need? Their nutrition, their sexual health, their mental health, you know, how to train them to be good citizens. So it's just generally they'll help them in such a way that they know there's a center that is just for them. There's something that comes with that, that feeling that you know that you can walk into a center where you know that people that are going to speak to you are trained, they will listen to you, not judgmentally, they will educate you, they would, you know, they would encourage you and give you the requisite, you know, information with regards to, you can take this contraceptive, not because they are judging that you are sexually active, maybe because you need it for hormonal regulation. Unlike if you go to a normal, regular um, family physician, they are already judging you without even listening to what you are dealing with. So the government has to, because it's not an individual thing, the stakeholders, we have to sit down and say, look, we need more adolescent-friendly centers. And that's the beautiful name for it. You don't call them adolescent hospitals or adolescent clinics, but adolescent-friendly centers. And when, they are, when we have adolescent-friendly centers, it does... He makes them understand that this is a center where they can go for all this stuff. And it even have sporting activities, you know, where they can even get together, where they can come together and have discussion, you know, by, you know, pair, pair discussion and also from elders. So we need more adolescents and it has to come from the, from the government perspective and more like a policy because it's not just a good to have. But it should be statutory that, look, we need those, yeah, and, and it's necessary for us to have them. And it's not something that we have to say, we, we have to build more buildings. No. There are already existing centers, um, federal medical centers, general hospitals, um, what they call it, teaching hospitals. Um, there are so many places. In fact, in many communities, we have those other community centers. That is even, because let's take it away from this, because it's not a hospital thing. In those community centers, let's have a room or a place where that is already, it can be cleaned up and say, this is an adolescent-friendly center. Train the people that will be there. They don't necessarily have to be nurses. Community health extension workers are there. Volunteers, like people like you and I, and say, look, every month I'm going to volunteer five hours to go to the community health center. There is a long-hanging food. There are things are already available. Is for us to make it happen. For us to say we intentionally want to have adolescent-friendly centers. How do we do it? If we don't have community um, centers in this location, do we have primary healthcare centers that have a space? Even if it doesn't have enough room, can we put a portable cabin? So just something that can just 
create that space for them where they can have a breather. So we intentionally, deliberately need community um, adolescent-friendly center. It's a necessity. It has to be shown, and the government has to make it happen for them. It's Thank for our own good. Much. It's for all of us. Because if yes. they have that, we should, we too will be, we can have a breather. We can breathe. They will not suffocate us with their needs and demands. Thank you. You're listening to Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Talabi, do you have anything to add to that? Um, You know what worries me the most is that in my head, we also have, apart from the generation as a whole, we also have that the social status is also makes it different for each generation, for each child under that generation. So I would tell you that it's not the same thing a child in Mushi or a Wulegba is thinking about that a child in Victoria that Oiko is thinking about. And mm-hmm. so it makes it paramount that we intentionally want to work with all the youths. Because what we are thinking, what some might be thinking, the ones listening to us are the ones that live in Lekki Phase 1, Lekki Phase 2, Ikoi and then Victoria Island. While there are still youths, lots of them, in the Mushin, in the Agulewa, in the Korodus, their thought process is not like the others. And you have to more or less direct your program to them also and see because they would not, they would be the ones smoking some of the weed because there are different kinds of classes of weed also. Let's don't forget, there's a weed for the rich and a weed for the poor. It's all weed, but yeah, they, they, they know how to classify themselves. The government has to be intentional about it. And these community centers should be in every local government. To my understanding, we have more or less 20 local governments and 36 LCDAs. If I go to make it, even the LCDA, it doesn't have to be a hospital, as Dr. Maimona said. In the LCDA, there can be a community center for the youth. And the point of a community center is to, is to one, promote health and make sure that they are well physically, mentally, and socially prepared for the next stage of life, which is not going to be easy, which has to do with lots of responsibility, right? So we need to intentionally want to do it. And I think the government needs to help with that. So you and I, as individuals, can do our best by offering our time to speak to the kids, to have the conversation, having like a temple of mentorship for them. But also the government needs to be intentional about it. If not, our youths are going to go the other way around, and we don't want that. Yeah. Well, in yeah. fact, they, they are, in fact, going in all manner of directions, because if you recall, uh, there's a huge, uh, uh, you know, sort of uproar about the children, lack of employment, lack of schooling, you know, the increase in terms of miscreants, etc. And having some of these community centers can also be a focus, not just for help, but also for promoting um, you know, better behavior, teaching things like integrity, honesty, mm-hmm. even being a focus for helping them to get jobs, you know, acquire skills. So these yeah. are some of the things that, you know, would actually, you know, could actually go a long way. So, Dr. Yamuna, what about mental health intervention? Well, I'm going to wrap this up into the mental intervention because uh, um, it's more of we knowing what we are supposed to do and how to do it. A lot of times, we are kind of worried about the how 
to do things with regards to what we need to do. We must go back to intentional parenting. We have to be present. We have to have this conversation with children. So we have to be present. Why do we have to be present? For us to elicit that change, for any intervention you want to do, is change you are seeing. What has changed in my child that I'm noticing today that I didn't see yesterday that may escalate if I do not take the requisite skill um, intervention or take the requisite steps to, you know, um, do something about it. So being present is different from giving presence. That's it. So present here is quality time. How much time are we devoting to having these children, talking to them and, you know, listening to them and all that. So people, some parents just believe that if they give presents, oh, they're good. They have a house, they're living here, they're doing this, you are taking them on vacation. No, the children are saying, we need your quality time. And this is where I say we have a missing link. I have a write-up I'm still doing and I think I may release it soon. The missing link, the, the absence of daddies in the homes. I'm not saying daddies are not doing a lot, but there's so much, you know, that they are missing, especially with the fact that in my practice, young ad uh, adolescents I'm seeing that are males and they don't even have any relationship with their fathers. We have to do better. That is the present. The second thing is awareness. How are you aware of the changes your child is going through? How do you understand that your child is not menstruating? How do you understand that your child has had a, your boy has had a cracked voice and is now growth spot, those awareness, they may be little, but they are very significant. And because you are an adult and you are a parent, you understand that at this stage, this child needs X, Y, Z. So awareness is very important. Awareness of what they do digitally, awareness of what they do in the, in the internet. 33% of Gen Zers seek me medical health care from TikTok. 33% from TikTok that we know that it is the market. Anybody can just go there with influence and just say nonsense. That is why people are taking Ozempic for weight loss as against, as against Ozempic for managing diabetes. The third thing is reassurance. We are their first Google. We have to be constantly reassuring our children. So forget them with love. Tell them you love them. Tell them you care for them. So any extra love they are getting is extra. Any love rather they are getting from outside is extra. Reassurance. Let the child know that, look, you have not gotten it yet. Not that, huh, your, your brother got it. Why haven't you got it? The person that came first, um, that had 99%, does he have two heads? So that reassurance from us is what they want. So they won't just be getting some kind of reassurance from somebody else and they just think that it's not. And they may be getting the wrong reassurance because what you're not telling them, when they go out there, they get it. So reassurance is very important. One aspect we parents are missing is that some of us are not emotionally intelligent. And when you are not emotionally intelligent, for God's sake, you cannot be aware. You cannot be able to manage yourself and manage others. You cannot even have the empathy for these children. You constantly compare, you constantly bash them, you constantly shout on them. Children are afraid of parents not respecting and honoring them. So emotional intelligence is one intervention that we... So if you are not emotionally intelligent, go get help. Asking for help is a sign of strength and never a sign of weakness. Then the fifth thing is non-judgmental listening. They want to have a safe space. Create a good home climate. Create a good home, you know, environment. Stop let children are coming for therapy and say, I'm in a toxic relationship with my friends. And the, the, the environment is hostile. Non-judgmental listening. Listen to them. 
to understand. Don't listen to children to respond. When you understand mm. their point of pain, it's easier for you to know how to help them. Sometimes they just need you to just listen. Because they know that you have others, but just listen. Then the system is time management. Just put structure, put things in place that will help them. There's what we call family constitution. Consequences and reward. If you if you do this, you will have this reward. If you do this, if you don't do this, well, there are consequences. We should be able to be putting those things in place so that they will follow a structure. They will know what it is to manage themselves, manage time, and manage you know whatever thing that they are doing in life. It's a way to help them. Then the seventh thing is inspire. We need to be able to inspire our children, inspire them to be able to communicate, you know, have community engagement. To be able to volunteer and see that volunteerism as a big thing, as against, oh, I'm going there to go and suffer. Inspire them. Let us uh, children stop calling that they, they just in people inspire them, whiskey inspire them, they be told, what happened to you of daddy and mommy that they are not calling your name? You have to inspire them in their pursuit for greatness. The next thing is nurturing. We are the nurturers, we are the parents. If children are supposed to choose, if God said, choose who you are going to go, some children will not even come to us. Nurture them to be global citizens, nurture them to be resilient, nurture them to have good nutrition, nurture them to be able to, you know, engage properly, to be able to communicate properly. And of course, the most important thing out of all of this, in everything that we do, one very good intervention is also be godly and spiritual. In everything we do, because if you take that pie out of the wheel of awareness, Spiritual awareness is not by a complete pie. And by the way, what I just felt now is parenting. For being present, to being aware, to reassurance, to being emotionally intelligent, to non-judgmental listening, to time management, to inspiring them, to nurturing them, and to godliness. When you look at it, that acronym is parenting. We need to do better. We need to go back to intentional parenting. It's not easy. I big shout out to all the Gen Z parents out there. The truth is that you'll get angry. They'll bring out the anger at you. In fact, you may have to go for anger management because they are doing things in, not in your way and they are frustrating you. They are telling you if they need this, they want to do this. You cannot. Are, I need braces. It's just 1.5 million. Just. Hello? What do, this is aesthetic and they'll tell you it's just 1.5 million. You know, they're sending us gaga but the truth is that we are their parents. We need to Put things right. We need to have those conversations with them. We need to sit down with them. We need to listen not judgmentally to them. And of course, nurture them in their pursuit for greatness. Well, thank you very much. Unfortunately, again, we've come to the end of the program. So, can <laughs> I just say, Dr. Talabi, do you have any last words for our listeners to wrap up this very exciting topic? Um, I think Dr. Memina has, sum has, has summarized everything in preventing. Also, the, uh, as parents, we should also take care of our phones. You know, as she said, we have to be present. There's no point having this conversation with your child and you're, when you're still you're still chatting on your phone. You have to show them that they're important. You have to show them that they are there. You have to show them that you're listening to them. So sometimes my daughter will say, "Daddy, but you're on your phone." I'll say, "I'm very sorry. I do apologize. Let me put my phone down and let me hear what you have to say." And the act in me putting down the phone shows I respect her. Not because she's, it's because she's my daughter and I took up the job. Don't just don't forget that these kids, they didn't come and choose you or I. You know, they were, they were given to us and we took up the job to, to take care of them. So if that's our job, is that what we came into this world to do, to parent, then let's parent properly. All right, let's have time for them. Let's speak to them. 
let's do what our parents would have done for us or what they didn't do for us let's do it for them right but also in a godly way in a godly manner thank you thank you very much doctors on air with dr pamela